1: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello everyone. So it's been a while since I've talked about media and media is everywhere. And it's become especially prevalent since COVID for a lot of our kids. Kids are actually connecting more online, especially if you have kids who are a little bit older now. They've, they're doing this more than ever. Actually, my older son is still hanging out online with a lot of his friends from where we used to live. So that's pretty amazing to see. And it's something we deal with at every age and every stage. We want our kids to be media savvy. We want them to be able to use technology for the positive it brings, including opening up a world of learning, connecting, and career opportunities. We also want them to be able to navigate the negative parts and make good choices to understand the dangers and then decide accordingly. So today I'm gonna cover some basics of all of this for each age. This is a huge topic and I'll definitely cover more of this in depth in coming episodes since this is such a shifting landscape. Just as one example of this, originally the American Academy of Pediatrics guidelines when my kids were infants and toddlers was no screen time before the age of two. Now they've since shifted this to say that screen time in the form of connecting with relatives far away such as grandparents or a parent traveling can be a positive use and help to facilitate a connection. Outside of that though for games or learning of any kind are still far better done off screen because research shows that kids under two are not able to translate something they see on screen to the real world. So learning is really way better done in the 3D world. I'm going to talk about the AAP and other resources at the end of the episode. But first, I'm gonna cover some helpful guidelines, then we're gonna get into some of the positives of media and how to leverage those opportunities for all of our ages. So first, for some guidelines. During the late threes to early fives, we really wanna watch out for scary and or violent content. Nightmares can be really common at this age, so scary content can fuel nightmares. For children under six, want to be very cognizant of the content. We want no exposure to news media, even in the background. Kids this age usually do not have a good concept of space and time. So repeats and footage feel like something is happening over and over. They have no concept of things happening on the other side of the world. They think that it's close by because they're seeing it right there in their home. So you really want to curb and protect your kids from seeing any news media. I would really say under the age of eight, but for fictional content, Kids under eight are not fully capable of distinguishing fantasy and reality. They do not understand that something is not real. So we wanna keep this in mind. I also strongly recommend not allowing TVs in children's bedrooms. In the class on Kids and Media on my website, I cover a vast array of research studies that have shown all the detrimental effects of bedroom screens on children's health and academics including increased weight and health problems, lower academic scores, increased viewing time, less sleep, less quality sleep on top of it, even when they're controlling for other factors such as parental health behaviors, parental involvement, and their education level. So as we know now, it's not just TVs anymore though. Kids are consuming content from computers, tablets, and gaming consoles. So to avoid health, sleep, interfering with academic potential, it's best to keep these devices used in family areas only and out of the bedrooms. You wanna make meal times, social times, and therefore screen-free, including phones. So all phones go up away from the table during meals. We practice this in our house. No adults even bring phones anywhere near the table. And so far, the only uh, kid in our house that has a phone is our older son, and he has not even asked or thought about bringing a phone to a dinner time. You want to stop TV viewing one to two hours before bed as light from the screens can affect the body's ability to fall asleep, especially if you have kids who are really struggling with sleep. If you're not doing that, it's definitely something to cut down that can really help with bedtimes and help them fall asleep better. If you want to know more about this or bedtimes, they're an issue in general, you can see the class on toddler sleep, also the class on infant sleep on the website at yourvillageonline.com. You wanna ask babysitters to maintain your house rules about viewing. In divorced families, you wanna to try to have both households be consistent with the rules whenever possible. Now for kids three to six, this is with tablets, you wanna to limit touch screen use to no more than 15 minutes at a time. If it helps, you can set a timer. Now this is because they're still developing a lot of motor skills and tablets and other passive viewing don't allow them opportunities to develop these skills. So lots of breaks to allow for body movement and development. Heavy tablet usage in early childhood has actually been shown to lead to delays and falling behind in fine motor skills needed for writing, cutting, drawing, etc. So, kindergarten teachers had been seeing this delay in kids that they then found later had excessive tablet usage. You want to put parental controls and passwords on your tablets and smartphones? you wanna put internet controls in place. Now there's many ways to do this, from doing it on the router itself, through the operating system of your computer, or using third-party softwares and apps. But because technology changes so fast and there's so many configurations, you'll need to take inventory of your system, do some research, and decide what's the best option for your setup. Even with all these controls, you never know what things have changed or if everything is getting filtered properly. So always make sure computers, tablets, and TV screens are out in the open, in the family room, the living room, the kitchen, where a parent can see the screen at all times. Better yet, watch with your kids and discuss what you see in the programs. You can talk about things like how the characters treat each other and use it as an opportunity to teach social skills fantasy versus reality in areas such as sex, violence, advertising, as well as how quick and neat and tidy, happy wrap-ups will happen, especially in shorter shows, and how this is not necessarily real life. This can also be a wonderful way to bond. It allows you to use media as an opportunity to have these important conversations around big topics in ways that come up naturally. So I really love this opportunity. So here are some ways to use media in this example, and to teach lessons and have conversations by age. With preschoolers, things will come up about friendships, choices and consequences. Great shows for this are like Thomas the Train. There's always great moral lessons in Thomas the Train you can sit and talk about. You can ask what did they think about what happened, about what this character did, about what that character did. I love the show. I don't know if it's even still out there, but I love this show and my, my older son loved it too. Tayo, The Little Blue Bus, this cute program, I think it's out of South Korea, cutest little program, great moral lessons, and of course, almost anything on PBS, The Blues Clues, Sesame Street, lots of great things. And you can have conversations about what they saw and what they learned and the characters and their interactions on the shows that day. For school age, you can continue to have these conversations around friendships, kindness, compassion, caring, bullying, All the ways that you see them exhibited or not exhibited in the shows that they're watching. And talk about what that must feel like, what you would do in that situation, or I mean, asking your child, what would you do in that situation? Have you ever encountered something like this? It can really bring up a lot of opportunities for conversations, and they'll open up in ways they may not otherwise. When you just say, how was your school day today? And they just say, fine. These are opportunities to actually have conversations about friendships, about compassion, about caring, about kindness, about bullying, anything they've experienced, anything they've seen that will open them up to talking in ways that just asking about their school day, they may not think about it, may not wanna talk about it. It's a very different way to bring it up. So it's a really great opportunity. With tweens and teens, choices and consequences, because there's gonna be bigger choices and bigger consequences as they age. You can start talking about romantic relationships, can talk about respect and romantic relationships and friendships too and what that looks like. Talk about self-worth, listening to yourself, what feels right to you and what doesn't feel right to you. You can share your values. You can open the conversation and make it a part of the parenting relationship when you're talking about these shows and relating it to their lives and lessons about connection and relationships and choices and consequences and goals and drinking and All those things that are coming up for tweens and teens in their lives. I also want to share an example of exactly how I used this in our home just this last week, as well as some really good positive ways media can add to our children's lives in addition to the ones I just shared. And we can leverage that to give them opportunities in this evolving world. I'm going to get into that right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. BiHeart is an easy to digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio, like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only US-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about By heart Redeem your welcome offer at buyheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply.
0: You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast.
1: now that we're back here's the example this past week that we had in our house so my younger son came to me and asked if he could watch stranger things now i don't know a lot about it i know it's very very popular so i looked it up on commonsensemedia.org the parental recommendations were 12 and up for seasons one to three season four was a whole different story our older son is now 13 our twins will be 12 in four months So when I looked up the reasons and looked up what they said, and I know my children, I know their maturity, I know what they can handle and what they can't, my offer was this. We watch one episode together and see if it feels like something that he is mature enough and emotionally ready to handle, both him and me, and we would make the decision together. And that's what we did. Now we have a few shows that we watch together as a family. I don't watch much TV, I don't watch much media. Their dad doesn't either. But this is one thing we do together, we will watch some shows. We watched Young Sheldon up to the latest episode. Um, So we watched the latest season, and so that is done. The same thing with Raising Dion. These are two shows we've watched together as a family. So we had no family shows on the agenda at that point. So we sat down and we watched it together. Now, our daughter opted out, her twin sister, his, sorry, his twin sister. She thought it would be too scary, but for the boys, it went really well. No nightmares, no fear of the dark at all, no trouble going to bed that night, So we've continued to watch it together, and we're now up to episode four. And it's really fun when the kids want to do this as a family. They're like, can we watch this tonight? Can we watch that tonight? So they used to do that with the other shows we used to watch, and now they're like, can we watch Stranger Things tonight? Our daughter did join the family in the viewing of the episodes because she heard it through the wall of her room because unfortunately for her, her headboard butts up against the living room wall. So she did hear the episode, and she did have a nightmare that first night just from hearing it. So she figured she might as well just watch it with us. Now, she could have gone to another part of the house. That's always an option, of course, where she wouldn't have had to hear it. But she decided to go ahead and join us. I also offered I will allow my kids to sleep with me if they have a nightmare, if they're feeling scared or extra sad. We had that earlier. It was last year when Chandler was going through some depression. He stayed with me a couple of nights. He needed that extra support. They almost never take me up on it. But this time, my daughter did she's so independent so having her want to stay in my room and feeling safe with me is a really wonderful thing especially at this stage she, she's gonna grow up really fast she already is so you know it's nice to have her there sometimes and it's so it's been nice when she gets scared when we watch the show for her to stay with me but it's also funny because if a creature like what's in that show actually entered into our world i'm not going to be much help to her I haven't told her that but <laughs> Maybe the Rottweiler on my floor would be a little help, but it's, obviously, she just feels safe to be with me. Knows this isn't real, but it just helps her feel safe. Anyway, it's opened up these opportunities for conversations with our kids about empathy, about bullying, about love between parent and child, respect in romantic relationships, respect in friendships, how we treat our friends, how we treat our friends when we start dating, what all these things look like. I talk to the kids about romantic partners that are based on shared interests and similar pathways. This came up because of the show. One of my kids asked me, and if you've seen the show, you'll know what I'm talking about here. If you haven't and you do want to watch it, this is from the first or second episode, but you may want to skip through this next minute. The mom, uh, played by Winona Ryder, her character Joyce, figures out how to connect with her son who's in some other realm by using lights. So she goes to the store and she gets a ton of lights. She gets all these Christmas lights and she hangs them all over the house so that he can reach her from this other realm whenever he needs to. So she got all these lights so she can strengthen their communication. So he can communicate with her through these Christmas lights that are strung all throughout her house. So one of my sons asked, would you do that? Would you stay in that house and would you put up the lights and I said, if I felt like it was the only way to communicate with one of my kids who was missing, you bet your booty I would do it. <laughs> also, can I just say, I love Winona Ryder's character. She is one kick butt mom. The world thinks she's crazy, but she has got it going on. I just love that character. And she is all about her kids and she's all about doing what she needs to do to get her son and save him. Okay. Okay. Enough about Stranger Things, it's time to get to some really great positives of media in addition to opening up discussions around some deeper topics with this. So while not all skills should be taught with games and technology and age guidelines and time limits should be followed. The vast array of educational concepts and lessons and therefore learning opportunities that are available through videos, gaming, and apps are astounding. Research suggests that educational apps may enhance the learning experience of slightly older children. So a study funded by the Department of Education showed that the PBS Kids iPhone app, Martha Speaks, boosted the vocabulary of three to seven year olds by as much as 31% over the course of two weeks. Also, Rose Luckin, a professor of learner-centered design at the University of London, has found that tablet-type devices can actually spark the sort of social interaction central to the learning process. She found that five and six-year-olds who recorded school activities on tablets and then replayed them for their parents tended to learn better because it reiterated the lesson that day. Dr. Luckin shared that one of the key benefits of technology such as the tablets is that they can become a focus for conversation between parent and child. If the device is right in the middle of the family, in the kitchen, in the lap, then as a parent, you're much more able to have those kinds of shared experiences. Again, that was all a quote from Dr. Luckin. And then there was another study that found that children's access to home computers scored around six points higher on math and language arts and four points higher on reading on the Stanford achievement tests. Now, children and teenagers also can learn anti-violence attitudes, empathy, tolerance towards people of other races and ethnicities, and respect for elders, which research has shown. There was a national telephone survey conducted found that adolescents learned about important issues around contraception pregnancy, HIV, and STIs from watching television shows and discussing with parents because kids are more open to learning when they're being entertained. So connecting with our kids, watching with them, having conversations about the characters, their choices, the outcomes, gives us some great opportunities as parents to talk about these topics that might not be as comfortable to try to just bring up on the fly. In areas of health, Video games have been shown to improve compliance with health regimens. One of those is chemotherapy in adolescents with cancer. So that's a really important aspect. And there's so many more amazing technology that's coming out where we're just beginning to discover the opportunities for apps and devices that can offer treatments for anxiety to help us calm, biofeedback, um, treatments for ADHD to improve concentration and focus help with anxiety apps for meditation and calming whether it's for adults or kids there's lots of devices and um, software that's also coming out that is helping to treat some of these and they're doing lots of research so it'll be really interesting to see what comes out and some of the ways that we can treat some of these without medication in the future or get better results with mindfulness training and technology can really help us with that to connect with our body and, and connect through mindfulness because we're getting that, that feedback from the app, which is a little more fun than just thinking that our heart rate's coming down or reminding ourselves to bring our heart rate down. So all of the educational opportunities that have arisen in recent years where you can learn almost anything online from almost anywhere in the world, from almost anyone in the world. So we're learning from anyone, not just local where they used to be out of reach, we can now find that right fit for us. Whether it's a meditation teacher or a yoga teacher or a therapist or school programs, whether it's for kids or adults, a math program, a science program that can connect with our child and their interests in ways that are best to help engage their learning style. It's all available at our fingertips and it's only going to get better. As a potential business person, adults or kids can research, learn, and start an online business. There are kids and young adults absolutely killing it on YouTube, TikTok, and all areas of business because they learned from the internet. They learned from YouTube and went out and said, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna start a business. So it's a really exciting time to be growing up and seeing all of the opportunity. For us as parents, we're learning too. We're learning right along with our kids. If we can scaffold our children in ways that open up the opportunity, while also helping them learn good discernment skills and safety online, we're giving them the best possible opportunity. And as I already mentioned, I will do more episodes about this topic in the future. We'll dive deeper into both opportunities for kids, and then some tips and tools for keeping kids safe as well. We'll get in, dig into that more. I also want to take a quick minute to talk about a couple of resources. The AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, you can look them up. You could probably do a Google search on AAP and screen guidelines and see what their latest guidelines are. They change Um, every few years or so. Same thing with zero to three dot org. Theirs are a little more strict than the AAP, but they're another great resource to see what they recommend for screen time guidelines so that you can um, then make decisions that feel like they're best for your family and in what ways you wanna use technology and which ways you don't. My last resource, which I mentioned already and I love, is called commonsensemedia.org. This is a place where you can look up any movie, any TV show, any game, any app. I believe you can do apps too. I'm not 100% sure on that, I'm pretty sure. And you can get feedback and they tell you what the recommended ages are. Parents give feedback and kids give feedback. Now I don't read the kids' feedback because invariably kids are gonna say that they're ready to watch and see things and experience things that they're not really quite ready for. So I only look at the parental feedback, because I'm a parent. And then I will take that into consideration. And many times I've said, no, we're not gonna watch this. No, we're just not old enough. We're not gonna download this. We're not gonna see that movie. We're not gonna watch that show. And other times I've said, okay, let's give it a shot, or okay, it looks fine. It's a really great resource, commonsensemedia.org. So you may wanna check that out as well. If you're interested in either of the media classes ages zero to 10 or 11 plus, to learn about the positives, the pitfalls, what research has uncovered so far, and how to navigate media with your kids of any age, you can see the classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you want to follow on social, I'm at Your Village Online on Instagram and Your Village on Facebook. If you just do a search on Facebook for Your Village, you'll see the web page pop up. Thanks for listening and see you next week.